This is ContraZoom, a live in limbo production. This is ContraZoom, where we go back and forth about film. I'm Dakota Arsenal, and it's been a very long time since the last episode, but it is a special occasion. Uh, the day that this is being recorded, the Oscar nominations just came out, and to give the hottest of hot takes is Sammy Felterfeld. Thank you for joining me today. My pleasure. I'm happy to be here. So are you ready to have the most ridiculous opinions that will be totally wrong in about two months? Let me just get this out of the way up and center. Mamma Mia 2 didn't get a single nomination, and I think that needs to be known. All right, that is known. Uh, <laughs> we'll go over uh, our initial reactions, some surprises that got nominated, some snubs that we were so surprised about. So I guess to lead it off, what was Mamma Mia snubbed for? Um, obviously, every single nomination possible. I'm joking. It definitely was Best good. documentary, right? Um, yeah, that best short feature <laughs> animated, best animated short. Yeah. Whatever it couldn't be nominated for. That's what it lost. <laughs> All right. Uh, so today, as I mentioned already, the Oscar nominations came out. You're probably going to be hearing this a couple days later. So you have most likely already seen the list. If you haven't, uh, Roma in the favorite lead the way with 10 nominations a piece. Um, a Star is Born in Vice at eight, Black Panther with seven, Black Klansman with six, and then you've got a whole bunch of other ones that have five nominations or less, like Bohemian Rhapsody, Green Book, First Man, Mary Poppins Returns, uh, and a host of other films. Uh, just, I guess, quick thoughts. Are you pleased with the nominations? Are you a little head-scratching when you're looking at it? How do you, how do you feel about this crop of nominees? Um, I'm going to echo what I'm sure a lot of people are saying. 2018 was not an amazing year in in film. Um, we got some really good films, but this isn't like a, a Moonlight La La Land year where those were two of, of many good films. When I look at this list of Best Picture nominees, there's three that I think 100% deserve to be there. They're the favorite, Roma and A Star is Born. But at the same time, if you compare that with all of the Best Picture nominees over every year, they all tend to be not the same kind of movie, but similar. So I'm, there's a few surprises. I, I don't know about Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, I'm glad Black Panther is a best picture movie. I honestly do think it deserves to be there because of the expanded best picture uh, area. But I think it's all around surprises. It's all around things that I think nobody expected. Uh, I Things I'm happy about, things I'm not happy about other than Mamma Mia 2. Um, so I think it's just, I think it'll just be an interesting award ceremony. And I think it's going to be a lot of surprises a lot of surprising wins. I I agree. Um all through this award season, I was looking to figure out what would be the big contenders. And there's a few that, that stood out and I, I was definitely not sure how well received Roma would be, but there wasn't anything super, you know, I, I don't I hate the term Oscar Beatty, but like because you could categorize that in two different ways. You could consider something like uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and, and Vice to be the Oscar bait type of movies, but then also 
You have things like uh, really big directors, whether it's the Coen brothers uh, or, or people of their ilk, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, where, you know, you eagerly look forward to see where those films, how how they'll be received and what sort of nominations they will get. And there seem to be very few of them this year that were really super well received, popular and ended up gaining enough momentum. I, I know I mentioned the Coen brothers and of course their film, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, did come out this year and did get three nominations. But I think that's that's basically an off year for them. Would, would you not say? Oh, definitely. I think this is a, a year of kind of hot directors. Recent, no, I guess Coen Brothers aren't recent hot directors. But I mean, the best example is First Man, one nomination basically. Or or did they get more than? No, they got it. They got a few nominations. Sorry, I was yes, they, got, they did get four. Uh, all, basically, all of them technical. All technical nominations, probably not all ones that they'll win, but also um, I haven't seen the movie, but I listened to the score because everyone told me to, and it is the best score of the year of things I've heard, and not even getting a score nomination. So just surprising thing. Obviously, I haven't seen it, so I don't know what Damien Chazelle's directing was like, but just two years ago, he was the talk of the town with uh, La La Land, and now his newest film basically came and went. Um, I think that there's a lot, there's a lot of that this year, and it's sort of just it's good in some ways, 100%, and then it's also weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's interesting because you bring up Giselle, and if we were to sort of look at the new crop of filmmakers who in the last couple of years have really been making waves outside of the like yesteryear's class of the Coens and people like that, you have uh, Giselle, Barry Jenkins, who did If Beale Street Could Talk, and Steve McQueen, who did Widows, and all three films were, you know, sort of well-received, but didn't really have any sort of momentum behind them. Yeah, exactly. But then you also have um, Yorgos Lanthimos, which I'd say is more recent because his last few movies have been more recognized, and now the favorite getting kind of even bigger um, recognition. So for someone like him, he's kind of getting seen too. So I think, I think it's just, I think we're seeing a shift in the landscape altogether, which is something we knew would happen. Then at the same time, all the director nominees are male again. So, you know, they're trying, but (laughs) yeah, it, it definitely is a shame. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of like what high profile, well-received movies were, were directed by women this year. Off the top of my head, I, ca- I can't think of any. Uh, I know there were Shirkers, which was a documentary that was in contention that ended up not getting a nomination. Uh, can you think of any off the top of your head from this year? I can't, but it's still it's still worth noting because uh, Oscars always look for movies that are small. Uh, not always, but it, it tends to be movies that people people don't always think about or don't always know about or aren't as big on the festival circuit. And so sometimes that does include a film directed by a woman, um, which is why Wonder Woman 1984 will be nominated for Best Director in 2020. <laughs> you know, it, it, it actually wouldn't surprise me if they build off of the excellent buzz from the first film and carry it over to the second one, I could easily see how it could move into a Black Panther type of situation situation yeah i i think we might as well talk about black panther now if that's okay um so i've been seeing people today all just kind of some people being like doesn't just to be there other people saying they just did it for fun but uh i this is the big anecdote anecdote i want to remind um our listeners as well 2009 um the oscars which took place in 2010 but for the 2009 year was the first time that the best picture category was opened up and avatar was nominated and that was a huge blockbuster movie and in my opinion, not a very good movie. It won a few technical awards that year, but um, it, it 
it got nominated for for best picture and now everyone's freaking out about about black panther which yes it's a different movie but it is a big blockbuster and black panther is a much 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 better movie than avatar and also you have a couple movies in the best picture category a few movies that that are primarily non-white actors um especially roma that is entirely mexican cast and crew and everything so um i I think that black panther is sort of a yes it's a cultural phenomenon and it's a huge hit for disney and for marvel but i also think it was there's a lot of parts of it that do make sense at the same token i'm glad they didn't get it didn't get nominated for visual effects and that went to infinity war because infinity war did have better visual effects I uh, agree. Yes, that, that's probably the one part of Black Panther that doesn't stand up to the rest of it. Um, I've also been seeing a lot of consternation about Black Panther getting as many nominations as it did with Seven. Um, I It's tough because for me, I think it is probably the best or second best Marvel movie outside of Thor Ragnarok. Uh, and I'm, I'm seeing a lot of, especially in the Marvel corner, where people a year ago were praising it as the best Marvel film to date, now suddenly saying it's one of the weaker or mid-tier pack. So it, it's definitely confusing where even Marvel fans seem to be a bit bewildered by the critical success it's now receiving. I think at the end of the day, um, a lot of this wouldn't have happened if the Oscars didn't come out with their idea for the best popular film Oscar. Um, that because that very much seemed the idea seemed to come out of okay, how can we honor Black Panther as basically the movie everyone loves the most, but it's not the best movie of the year. And I think that put Black Panther into into the mindset of Disney submitting it as a best picture nominee, which they may not have otherwise done. They didn't submit. Um, they didn't submit Infinity War, and I believe they did not submit Christopher Robin of their main movies for the year. Um, but they did submit Black Panther, uh, Nutcracker, and, and Mary Poppins Return for for Best Picture. So I think that's some, where some of it's coming from. Uh, yeah, and, and we're going to kind of talk into it a bit later as far as surprises and snubs as well. Um, but basically, everything that it was nominated for, you know, if you look at it, isolate it, it i feel like it's deserving you know you take out the best picture uh the original song you know that that's kind of such a hit or miss category to begin with uh but i thought all of the stars was a, a fantastic pop song i really enjoyed it the production design of it was excellent so was the costume design especially what they were really doing with combining all the different uh, African tribal elements into their outfits. And then you get into the editing and mixing, which is a lot harder to quantify, but action movies typically fare pretty well. And then the score by Ludwig Göransson, I thought was absolutely phenomenal with his use of the the talking drums and things like that. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of technical elements that I think were really good. And I think it's a recognition, regardless of the fact that it is a very popular movie, it's a recognition of no matter what the movie is, there's still parts that are really good. I saw Fantastic Beasts. I thought it was really bad, but I have, I have never seen better jackets in a movie in my life. <laughs> I, like, I was a little surprised co- that it didn't get a costume nomination. I'm not that surprised. The rest of the costumes were pretty much just take the costumes from the first movie and put them in the second movie, mm. with the exception of some new elements. So that's not a huge surprise for me. Um, but that's the thing. Every movie has has something and i think that there's this is another one of those years where there's a bigger appreciation of uh, foreign language films with things like uh, cold war um obviously roma just things that are coming out in other categories and more of a recognition of that across just film mm-hmm. yeah um 
we, we could briefly talk about the foreign film. It's, it's, you know, obviously Roma is by far the, you know, you can lock it in right now that they're going to win it, but it's actually a really strong year as far as buzzy foreign films go because uh, Cold War also received nominations outside of the foreign language film, uh, including Best Director. Um, and uh, Shoplifters was a huge critical hit. I'm pretty sure it won the Palme d'Or or... No, it didn't win in the Palme d'Or. It, it maybe it, it won some big festival top prize. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was up there. And in fact, I'm a little surprised that the South Korean film Burning also didn't get nominated because that seemed like a, a quite a huge hit on its own. So we've got this really interesting three way, not necessarily race, but it sort of is as far as the, the foreign language film category goes. Yeah, totally. And I think it's, um, uh, I, I already asked you this question separately, but um, is it possible that a film can win Best Foreign Language and Best Picture? And I think that this is the year that it happens because I don't know if it's happened before. Um, and at the same time, will the Academy just look at it and say, okay, well, everyone knows Roma deserves um, foreign language, so maybe we won't vote for that and vote for it for Best Picture, and then maybe someone something else gets foreign language. But as as I've mentioned in, in more than one podcast before, Alfonso Cuaron really everyone was surprised by how well he did for Gravity. Um, I think the same thing's going to happen, but it'll be less of a surprise this time. I think it has two things working in its favor. One, uh, Best Picture is voted on by the entire Academy, whereas Best Foreign Language Film is not voted on by the entire Academy. It's a smaller group, so the wins will not be related to each other. And two, uh, Koran, you know, I, I I don't mean to, to put this, this is bluntly, but he is a much more well-known commodity in the international filmmaker community. If it was if we were to say look at uh the director of Cold War, uh Pavel Pavlikovsky, if Cold War was nominated for Best Picture and Romo, you know, didn't exist this year, he wouldn't have that same sort of momentum backing him up. That's that's very true. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And I think that's something that kind of goes behind a lot of the best picture nom nominees is that if you're looking at all of them, I'm just I have all eight in front of me. It's sort of like you have kind of Spike Lee, um, Alfonso Cuaron, and then Yorgos Lanthimos. And even, I mean, Bradley Cooper didn't even really get much of a hat tip for, for A Star is Born. So you don't really have that many people. And then what I think is great and is not going to be referenced at all is that Bohemian Rhapsody is technically a directorless movie as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's definitely something that they've seemed to distance themselves quite a bit uh, with with all the scandal plaguing Brian Singer. Yeah, and I know that they did bring in someone who sort of sealed the deal on that movie, but um, I don't know. I think this is going to be this is going to be one of those years where there's a few films that get a, a bunch of nominations and may not see even a single win. Um, I was actually just looking up out of curiosity. The most recent film to get a, a lot of nominations without a win was The Color Purple, 86. Um, it got 11 uh, nominations without a single win. Um, I think, quite honestly, some of the some of the films that have gotten eight, seven, eight nominations may walk away with one. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Like, it's hard to say. I think The Favorite is actually a big question mark in a lot of categories because the competition in some areas are are a bit challenging. Yeah, I guess if if we want to look at uh who what the favorite is up for, you know, best picture 
if they decide that they don't want to go for a Spanish language film, I I would have to think that the favorite is probably the next front runner. Uh, Yorgos Lanthimos, I think, is going to lose to Coran. Uh, Olivia Coleman for for Best Actress, I don't think she is well known enough. I think the supporting actresses are going to cannibalize their votes for each other, and we're going to end up with someone else coming through, potentially Lady Gaga. Um, and then you go through through other things. Original screenplay is probably its best bet. And then after that, I, I just don't know. I think that's actually a really good point about original screenplay. I'm just pulling that up again because it's uh, that's that's I think um, I've read a lot about first reform, but I haven't seen it. That I think that that there's a bit more of an even keel of front runners in original screenplay because that might be the one place where Quran might not walk away with. Uh, with with an award, whereas I think nearly every category, maybe other than the two acting acting categories, Roma has a very good chance of winning. Mm-hmm. Screenplays usually also kind of go to the edgier films too that they they don't want to give the best picture award to, and Lanthimos's dark twisted humor that combines you know serious drama with unbelievable situations is sort of ripe for this type of win. I believe The Lobster was also nominated for a screenplay, um, which I, I haven't seen the favorite yet, but it he certainly has a style. Yes, definitely. And I think it's there's something to be said that it's basically it's a film that I think in other in someone else's hands wouldn't even be recognized um by the academy at all but it's something that like uh, olivia coleman has become quite popular in a very short amount of time thanks to a lot of tv and film but like this it's gotten a lot of traction very quickly um making it something people are going to be seeing if they're going to be trying to see all the the nominees especially Mm-hmm. And I think on the flip side, on the best adapted screenplay, I would think Black Klansman is probably the front runner for that because m- very similar to the way the favorite is, it blends uh, a very serious issue with some really interesting comedic matters. Which brings me to the question that maybe other than either Lady Gaga or her song from Star is Born, is a Star is Born going to win anything? That's really tough to say because you know what? Looking at everything it's nominated for, I I just don't know. Um, how how do you feel about the best actor category? I, personally, I thought Bradley Cooper had a more interesting role because obviously he wrote it, and the movie was about his character so he kind of got more of the juicy stuff. Um, but do you see? Any real front runner in the best actor category? Uh, it's going to be Rami Malek, and, and I think, and that's the only thing Bohemian Rhapsody will win. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's that's more, even more so, just the the commitment of his, of of him and his character, and the fact that he essentially is a one man show carrying an entire two hour plus movie. But also, I think it's also like it's a recognition of of just what he was, what he's able to do. Um, I think Bradley Cooper is a bit more like, honestly, Bradley Cooper, I, I love the Star is Born. It's my second favorite movie of the year, I think. But um, I think his direction is is actually more laudable than his acting. Mm-hmm. Which, which, you know, he might get rewarded for his direction on top of that, uh, sort of like a, a reverse Ben Affleck for, for Argo. Or right. I, I guess that would be a, he won Best Picture, but he didn't win Best Actor. Uh, yeah, but he's if, but he's not up for director. Yes, so. so it would be it would be a similar enough situation. But if they say decide that 
the Academy decides that Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, the Academy just doesn't go for it. Cooper might be the, the next safest bet because it would they would sort of be rewarding him for the the triple role quadruple role because he he produced it he directed it he wrote it and he starred in it so it might sort of be a congratulations this is a four and one award and if they don't go for for Cooper like I don't know Viggo Mortensen was all right in in Green Book but Mahershala Ali had the better was gave the better performance and. Christian Bale and and Willem Dafoe, I I don't think that they're really going to be considered. It's basically uh, here's here's four white actors and one non-white actor, and the four white actors we've seen in a bunch of things before. And Rami Malek has his career is still very very young. This is his first, I believe it's his first blockbuster film. He's been in a few other smaller films. So um, I, I would like to turn over to actress though because this is a very interesting mix of people um first of all i, I think this is melissa mccarthy's first nomination um no, and then it's Glenn not Clo- second it's not bridesmaids Did she- oh of course yeah there you go um and then uh glenn close as you told me earlier has been nominated many times mm-hmm. um without a win and then yulita Aparicio didn't act before a year and a half ago mm-hmm and is now going to the Oscars as a uh, best actress. Um, I do personally believe that it will go to lady, lady Gaga though. Mm, that's interesting. I, I, I think this is going to be one of the tougher ones to predict. I, I really think how the race plays out in the next few weeks is really going to be indicative of who is the front runner, because if, Everything seems to be going full-fledged ahead for Roma. I could see Aprizio uh, potentially leading the way. If they decide to give a Lifetime Achievement Award to Glenn Close, I can understand that. Or if the favorite pulls ahead, Coleman has to be in there. Uh, McCarthy obviously is well-liked too. Uh, And then, like you said, Gaga, I think she really did turn in a a fantastic performance. So she has to be a front-runner as well. Which will make it a much more interesting um, thing to watch than actor, I think. Um, and then, I mean, at the same time, I, I just, as much as I love Roma, and it is my favorite film of the year, I actually don't know if if uh, Elita Aparicio um, deserves it up against the competition there. Um, whereas in Actress in a Supporting Role, uh, Marina de Tavira, she was outstanding. And I think that uh, it's like you said, um, Emma Stone, Rachel Weisz will probably cancel each other out. Um, Amy Adams will probably get 20 nominations in her life. So she's not worried. Um, so it's really just between, uh, Roma and if Beale street could talk. And I honestly do think this is where Roma will win an acting award. Yes. Uh, I, I could see it between, between her and, and, and Amy Adams personally. Um, I, I would categorize the best actor as it's, uh, anyone's to win whereas best actress it's anyone's to lose if that makes any sense i think that's that's an that's absolutely accurate for sure um all right um i think we kind of broke down some of the the most interesting thoughts uh shall we maybe talk about some of our surprises which which ones were you actually really surprised at getting nominations gay nominations at all things like that um, I just did some some looking, and I think uh, this is only the second time since the um, Best Picture category was opened up that it's been um, eight nominees. Uh, it's been otherwise nine or ten nominees, so I, I'm surprised. Just if Beale Street could talk was just left off. It didn't seem it didn't seem that it didn't really seem to make sense um, that it wasn't there. If they could just do nine, I know why they do that. Anywhere between five and ten. I'm also overall surprised to see Vice. Um, 
featured so heavily. Um, I think it's just an appreciation of sort of what it is, but I was just, I don't know, it was kind of a surprise. Um, and then the biggest thing for me, uh, not a movie I've seen, but I've heard a lot, a lot, a lot about this performance um, of Tony Collette in Hereditary. And I know it's a horror film and I know it was released like a year ago. So it was very early 2018. Um, but that's one of those things where I was a little bit surprised that she wasn't recognized for it. Again, it's a horror movie. I'm never going to watch it. And I've read enough about it to know that I would never uh, want to watch it. Um, and then the other thing that's sort of just kind of completely absent, other than I think one nominee, nomination, maybe two, is A Quiet Place, which, although being a horror movie, I did actually end up seeing and very much enjoying. And so there, it, there's just kind of a few things where there's a bit of a disconnect between, um, I guess, just between the zeitgeist, what people are interested in, what's successful, what's surprising, and then what actually gets recognized. Uh, yeah, I have to agree. Yeah, Quiet Place only got one nomination, and that was for sound editing. Um, which is really funny when you think about it. <laughs> yes, which because it's because it the the idea of the sound being important obviously does make sense. But yes, the the idea of a silent supposedly supposed to be silent film getting nomination for sound is funny. Yeah, and I feel like I I get it, but at the same time, uh, Roma has the best sound of a movie I've seen this year. Not that I've seen all the movies that have been nominated for either sound category. Yeah. Uh, I guess some, some surprises for me is when I was watching the nominations, when I saw Marina de Tavira get nominated for supporting actress in Roma, I knew then that Roma was definitely going to get a lot because I think we were both looking at as such a huge toss up as whether, uh, Yalitza Aprisio was going to get nominated at all. And the fact that they got two acting nominations, I think is a real testament to how much this movie is liked, um, and then over in the best actor category, I think Willem Dafoe is uh, is a real surprise for me, uh, just because I really didn't think that he was going to be in the running because we lost out on uh, both uh, John David Washington from Black Klansman, uh, Ethan Hawke from First Reformed, even Ryan Gosling from First Man as all potential nominees, and, and he kind of snuck right up there and leapfrogged over all three of them. And I mean, that's, that's the Academy for you at the end of the day. It's, it's sort of who, who they enjoyed. I mean, at the end of the day, we're, we're putting, we're putting all of this, uh, energy into what a thousand people think, which mm -hmm. is, which is kind of what makes the Golden Globes even funnier. That's what 70 people think. And they all have wild views, mm -hmm. even considering what certain things are nominated in. So I think, um, it, as an, as an appreciation of sort of film in general, these things are always going to happen. I don't think there's anything hugely ma major, but I do think that that was, um, Willem Dafoe was a huge surprise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mentioned earlier foreign language film Burning not being nominated was a bit of a surprise. Uh, best documentary feature. Uh, there was two pretty big documentaries this year in Shirkers and Three Identical Strangers, and neither of them ended up making the cut. So that was sort of interesting. Uh, but Minding the Gap, Free Solo, and RBG are definitely going to be heavy hitters in that category. So that'll be that'll be fun to see. Um, I love. Hello, won't you be? Oh yes, and that was the other one. Won't well, you be my say, neighbor? Won't you, yes. Won't you be my neighbor was also left out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that category could have looked radically different based on on all those different ones that could have been nominated. So it, obviously showing that this year is a very strong year for documentaries. 
Yeah, well, I mean, that's never a bad thing, but then you still want your film nominated, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and then I, I really enjoyed The Battle of Buster Scruggs this year, but I really didn't think he was going to get any nominations. And the fact that it ended up getting three was actually quite surprising for me. Um just for what it ended up getting being original song, I think was the biggest surprise for me. Uh, I really enjoyed the song that, um, that is sung by Buster Scruggs and it, Tim Blake Nelson. Um, but uh, it wasn't on my radar for, for being a nominee in this category. Adapted screenplay and costume design. I get that both, especially adapted screenplay. The Oscars love the Coen's writing. So that certainly doesn't surprise me, but them getting three nominations is a surprise. I think there's other surprises um, just in sort of, I don't know, just I guess how people appreciate movies or what they like in the movies. Original song, the last three or four years, original song has been weird. They, they sort of pick one or two songs from the musical of the year and then just random other songs. These ones, I think these picks are overall good. Um, but there were a few musicals last year or even like, uh, I don't know, I I think that they're both A Star is Born and Mary Poppins Return have better songs um, than those that were chosen. It used to be that musicals would have more than one uh, song chosen. I know that they try to not do that as much anymore. But even like just even in in uh, what was I just looking at? Just in in it seems like a lot of the a lot of sameness um, throughout all the categories, and that some movies are. Yeah, Ballad of Buster Scruggs is, is a surprise pop-up, and then you see Black Klansmen in some places and not in others, and it's just very. It's, I think there's no way to explain it other than, like I said earlier, it's just been a weird, weird year for movies. Mm-hmm. There, despite it seemingly to be very top-heavy as far as all the films have multiple nominations, it seems like it's all over the place. Where I think the Academy was like, these are the. 12 to 15 movies we really love and this is all we like this year whereas normally you'll get a whole bunch of movies that only have one or two nominations and, and this year it's very slim pickings for that so I, I'm, I'm quite surprised in that regards that there was such consensus over what were the quote-unquote best films of the year yeah and I guess I just I mean people there was enough things that were that were clear for people. I think um, if I'm speaking to, to last year's Oscars, I think that there may have been some people that wanted to move away from uh, Shape of Water, like genre film kind of not sweeping, but doing very, very well, um, which is kind of evident. Not that there were a lot of big kind of great genre films. I, I, I say that every year there's sort of one big space movie. Um, I think the big sci-fi film for this year was Annihilation, which came out quite early and wasn't the best movie ever. I loved it. It's still one of my favorite movies of the year, but it's completely unmentioned in Mm -hmm. in the nomination. So it's just, I think it's just, yeah, it's like you said, they sort of, it's almost like the pre-nomination list was actually 12 to 15 movies and say, okay, choose from this. Yeah, and, and this is what we ended up getting. I, I am surprised that Annihilation didn't get any technical technical awards. I'm also surprised, uh, sorry to bother you, didn't show up with anything. I know that was a really weird movie for a lot of people, but uh, I, I definitely think it could have stood a chance getting getting a few different. Yeah, I was I was surprised by that, but but to be honest, I loved it. But I honestly think that it was too weird for a lot of the Academy. Speaking quite frankly, I think the. I don't want to spoil anything, but I think the ending probably turned people off. Um, and I think that it was just too out there to be kind of considered. But five years from now, I think that might be a different story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's always kind of 
yeah. films that you know five years later were like how did this not get any nominations or not win anything and, and i could definitely see how sorry to bother you will be looked at in that light where people will use it as the excuse to ignore the oscars i mean there'll be that every year this oscars doesn't even have a host <laughs> that that is very true and you know um we talk about this offline all the time but uh haven't done an episode about it and that certainly is surprising and really we have no idea how this show is going to look this year hopefully it's short that's the key part um it won't be but we can just we can just hope it is um i think it'll be a lot of parading out as many stars as they can. Um, and I think it's uh, this, I will say though, that, that despite all that, I think this will be a, um, it'll, it'll definitely be a lot of surprises or we really won't know, um, what we're going to get. I think the ballots between the two of us will either be completely, completely the same or absolutely completely different. I, I agree. There, this is going to be an interesting few weeks uh, on your note on keeping things short. Uh, I think this was a, a pretty good way to just get our, our first reactions out there. Do you have any last words you want to say about the, the nominations in total or, or how you think this year is going to go down? Um, I, there is nothing else I will say about this year. I will make a um, I will make a prediction for 2023 when Mamma Mia three uh, sweeps with uh, at least two nominations in every possible category. Um, so just stay tuned for that. Uh, as long as it's not going up against Denis Villeneuve's Dune, because who knows when that will be ready. Oh, how would you ever decide between those two? Two different Academy Awards. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, of course. Uh, I will hopefully be back doing my Best Picture roundups, um, and and hopefully that's something you all are looking forward to hearing. Uh, but I want to thank you so much for, for joining me today, Sammy, and uh, we'll definitely get you back on to do more Oscar talk. Definitely. Thanks for having me. Make sure you go to liveandlimbo.com where you can see the show notes. There's going to be some interesting articles that I'll include, including uh, snubs and who the overall nominee lists are. Uh, and and uh, make sure you are following the show on Twitter at ContraZoomPod and myself at DGPA. Thank you so much for listening.